Hello and welcome to Emerging Podcast Mission Motorsport Special Edition. Earlier this year, I visited the headquarters of the Forces Charity to discover what happens behind the scenes to enable them to help former servicemen and women in their recovery and rehabilitation through motorsport. In their six years, more than 4,000 training days for nearly 1,300 beneficiaries have been delivered. There have been over 200 placements and more than 100 jobs as a result. I spoke to a few of the team, including James Cameron, founder and CEO, Simon Whittingham, operations manager, Aston Dimmock, workshop manager, Warren Wright, one of the vocational managers, and Ben Williams, the fundraising manager. Please note that while I was there, it was a typical working day, so there are background noises to the conversations that I had. What is Mission Motorsport is an easy thing to answer. We're the Forces Motorsport charity, and we exist in order to help those leaving the services to find, ultimately, a bit of salvation through through sport. And there's a particular area of sport that we're interested in, which is which is motorsport, things with an engine attached. We do that in three ways. We've got a sports program that delivers a, a recovery sport program that's that's uh, you know supported by Help for Heroes that you see popping up at things like you know the Invictus Games, the new Invictus Games racing that's just launched. But we've got a training piece that sits behind that that's delivering qualifications and real practical experience, insights into industry to enable the third pillar, which is vocation, and that's to help put service leavers into jobs. Now, service leavers and veterans are a big audience, so we focus on those who are most in need, and traditionally that's those who are wounded, injured and sick. Mm-hmm. But also it's those who've kind of found themselves who've fallen by the wayside, who've struggled with that transition between military and, and civilian life. I spoke with Simon Whittingham about his role as operations manager can sometimes be a bit of a catch-all position. Ultimately is day-to-day uh, function of Mission Motorsport making sure that I resource manpower and the assets that we have. And if I don't have the assets, then to drive, to go outside to, uh, to get those assets for us. Also, organisation of events. Uh, the, the event calendar is uh, it's quite plentiful. It's full. It's, yes. <laughs> well, not full, full, but it looks very, it very packed. Yeah. <laughs> 2018 is going to be a busy year for us. What are the sorts of things you're having to worry about on a day-to-day basis? Uh, it is just making sure that we have the right resources in the right place at the right time. And, you know, when it comes to events, making sure that people are notified, our beneficiaries and volunteers, and then any person who is uh, basically supporting that event. Trying to give people as much notice as we can, uh, but sometimes it's sort of lastminute.com <laughs> is a phrase that uh, is sometimes used. And, but ultimately anything from sort of eight to six weeks out of an event uh, the wheels start rolling uh, there again on race and remembrance uh, planning starts january sort of going live trying to find the various components to put that uh, type of event on so uh, but a lot of our other events eight weeks uh, planning time is something that we aim to do uh, because you know, we, we really look at uh, having our volunteers to assist us, to help sort of uh, lessen the load on the staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they will have their own personal jobs. Yeah. So trying to put the calendar out at the beginning of the year and asking the uh, volunteers to give us time is a big thing. Yeah. And without their volunteers, the events just wouldn't go. What sort of events occur for Mission Motorsport then? So we have uh, everything from sort of low-key events, so karting. We're going to 
push out a, a national-wide low key karting events. Mm -hmm. So from uh, Honington down in Somerset all the way up to uh, Knock Hill up in Edinburgh and everything in between, going to go over to Wales, over to, um, uh, to sort of Essex, Norfolk type area, uh, east of England, then up to Manchester and then over to Teesside and then uh, lastly with uh, Edinburgh, Knock Hill. And that has a that has its own unique logistic issues. That has yeah, that has its own. Um, we look at possibly depending on the type of uh, circuit, but anything from ten to fifteen guys beneficiaries taking part in the event. It's a sort of two two and a half hour um, event where the guys come in, get suited and booted, have their drivers brief, and then go out on the circuit for ten to fifteen minutes come in for sort of 10, 15 minute cup of tea, cigarette, usual, and a bit of a debrief on how they were driving. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they go back out again. Um, and it's a really good, low key engagement tool that we use. Yeah. Um, and the guys, all the guys who turn up have a great time. Uh, and it's all about, you know, putting smiles back on people's faces, but the ultimate aim is to engage with them. Mm. And we've had a lot of people uh, coming through over 2017 who have gone on to bigger and better things. Uh, two come to mind, Cliff Hall and Sophie Burt, who uh, were at the Autosport show uh, 2018, running alongside Terry Grant. Mm -hmm. And uh, where, where those two have come from, it's fantastic. So you've, you've obviously got other events, like you, the, the Race Remembrance, which is obviously the biggest event stroke headache you personally have <laughs> for the entire year. Festival of Speed, yeah. there's, and there's other stuff like that. So pe people may not appreciate, but you, you guys go to an awful lot of things. The workshop has a dual purpose. The ever-expanding fleet of vehicles are looked after here, but is also used as a training tool for beneficiaries coming through their programmes. Aston Dimmock is the workshop manager who was one of the original people involved from even before Mission Motorsport was a thing. I asked him about his role in the team taken over the job as workshop manager which isn't just workshop manager it sounds you know it's like I have a whole bunch of mechanics running around underneath me and uh, I actually don't it's pretty much a team of one I've got Dave who I work very closely with but he's normally tied up with the students as he is this morning as you'll have seen mm -hmm. so essentially my job is looking after the vehicle so whether it's the sporting output fleet so that's basically anything that will go on track or off-road and about 100 MX-5s. Yeah, there's quite a few. Yeah, there's a story, there's a story behind those. Um, yeah, uh, so the, the, you've got all of those. There's the off-road fleet. There's obviously all the support fleet as well. We've even got press fleet, so there's press cars that, that we have. and uh, or, or just they're, they're basically from the automotive industry, so some of our partners, JLR, Mazda and the like. Yeah. Uh, so it's looking after those and making sure that they're you know, kept within their what they want and how they want them looked after <laughs> that's that side of it um, and then there's also another piece where I do lean back on a lot of my life experience and my, and my qualifications and stuff from having done welfare within the military mm -hmm. so I'm kind of an on the on the ground point of contact for some of these chaps the the whole basis of what we do is there is a sporting output there's the shiny side which is the track days and the racing but the main bit obviously is about getting these guys retraded and uh, and into work yeah but while they're doing it, it is pushing them outside of their comfort zone. Some of them, you know, are in a, some of them are in quite a tough place and mm. some of them are very broken and it's not physical, you know, it's not always the physical injuries. In fact, more so now 
it's it's mental health is yeah. is, is a big piece and you're starting to see more of that now than you were with physical injuries because obviously you know for want of a better um word for it that you know that well those tours have they're not on at the moment they're not you know there are there is stuff going on but it's nowhere near as bad as it was so now what we're seeing is guys that are settling back into a routine without deployment after deployment and then they're starting to encounter issues yeah. in the mental health space and that's what we're seeing quite a lot of i would imagine uh, just uh, getting hold of your uh, welfare side of things that it's everybody's an individual and they have individual problems or individual areas that need addressing how uh, tricky does that make it when you're you know overall the idea is to be you know we is a production line is the wrong word but i'm just trying to say someone comes in uh, at the start they go through the program and they exit at the end that's yeah. a fairly structured thing but yeah. in that you've got to be flexible i presume yeah to be able to because not everybody can do everything. 100%. And, you know, you can say that there's one malt and they come in and you press them into something and they come out all the same the other end. It's not the case. Every single person is different, you know. And, and everybody reacts different to different pressures and different environments. And um, although it's nice to have a, a guide, if you will, or a set plan for what you want, you'll often find that as people come through, they, just, they, they know that they want to do something, mm. be it automotive industry or you know motorsports or whatever but you you can and do find that part way through they're like oh actually this isn't for me mm. or you, so in some cases you're actually having to point out to them and say this what you're looking at at the moment really isn't for you mm. it's not going to work and you can see it because you can lean back on previous experience yeah. uh, with individuals that have, have chosen to go a path it's not worked for them or, or you can just see things are not lining up and then you, all you can do is just help guide and, and pull them through in the right direction. Mm. To you personally, what does the charity mission motorsport mean to you? What it means to me is it's a difficult one. Um, I get a lot out of it. The reason that I wanted to come and work here after volunteering was, uh, well, I was going through my own transition, be it not through medical discharge or anything. I'd served my time. I'd felt that I was able to help people to a certain degree when I was doing the welfare job. Um, it wasn't so much in the transition side of life. It was carrying on with normal jogging, normal soldiering and being able to... So if they had issues, you'd sort them out and then, you know, you'd get a happy soldier. Happy soldier's a good soldier at the end of it. Yeah. This is a little bit different. And, and I've gone through that process where it's looking at the transition piece. Admittedly, it's not a million miles away from it because I'm still working with you know guys from the military coming out and all the rest of it so it's it, it's pretty ideal and I just felt like I needed to to help out the guys just get them up you know pick them up after their they've had their career taken away from them yeah cut short and if I was put in that position back then I wouldn't have had a had a clue what to do yeah and the welfare side of life isn't really get, you, you can help them to a degree but nowhere near you can with a you know, like the charity, yeah. because we've been in and amongst it now for quite a few years. We know what works, we know what doesn't work. And actually getting a guy who, you know, we've, we've come across them that are homeless, uh, we've picked them up, dusted them off, spoken to them. Some of them, we've, we've even got them into um, apprenticeships that have nothing to do with the automotive industry. It's just through the network that we have. Mm. But then you, you end up with a guy that was homeless. He's then he's an, doing an apprenticeship. He's got a roof above his head. You know, he's funding his own way. 
it's awesome. Warren Wright is one of the vocational managers who helped the former service personnel adjust their mindset for gaining employment in industry. I talked to him about what it is that he does to help people. What we try to do is if one of the beneficiaries or an individual contacts us uh, asking to come into the motor industry or looking for further employment from leaving service, we basically kind of help them that way. I, we um, take their CVs, we, we look at their CVs, uh, we send their CVs off to relevant companies. We kind of support them all the way through, you know, hold their hand uh, to make sure that one, they understand what they're going into, yeah. what they what, what they want to actually achieve. Because when you leave the service, sometimes you don't know what you, you want to do. <laughs> um, most guys kind of do three different jobs, you know, before they actually find what they want. And, and what we're trying to do is kind of make it realistic. You know, most people want £50,000 when they leave the, the service. It's not happening. <laughs> you know, to make it more realistic, this is your job opportunities, these are your qualifications. And we transfer their skills that they learn in the military, you know, into city speak. Yeah. So it makes it easier. But most of the guys out there, i.e. for DHL, stuff like that, you know, Hayton Forces, um, um, UK Border Force, they understand that now. And mm. they are now starting to, to look at the skill set that the soldier brings or the serviceman brings, which then can be related into the service industry or to civilian life. Yeah, because so, I would imagine there's there's lots of... It's, it's helping people who've been in the service understand that they actually have transferable skills. Yes, definitely, yeah. And people in the civvies understand oh that's what that all means yeah. on their CV this is because we all have our own languages and it's trying to marry them up I would presume is what's having to happen we've had guys who are, uh, uh, train snipers and, and to actually on a CV this I can fire 500 metres or whatever but the fact is that you know one he, he has dedication he has commitment you know he, he looks at problems he's a problem solver basically yeah. trying to transfer that to you know for what he's put in his CV transferring it to, to, to a job that, that they want. Plus, most people put a generic CV out. They think the generic CV is good for an employment or for an employee to look at because it shows that whole history, but it doesn't actually streamline it to that job. Yeah. You know, so by getting a CV, streamline it to what they want, what the employer wants from that, that employee as well. So we kind of work it that way. And, it, and it, it, it's kind of mix and match sometimes. You, you kind of have a guy who you don't think would fit in that place, but fits in perfect. It's sometimes very, very strange. And you'll see the end product where a guy, he wanted to go to stores. He's now the manager of that store. Yeah. You know, <laughs> because he had that transferable skill. He, yeah. he just thought, I'm just a storeman. But now he's the manager of that store. So yeah, it kind of works out sometimes to their benefit. I've got, you know, beneficiaries who under me now, who've now started from when I first met them, I've chatted to them, they're going for the MVQ training, you know, I deal with their, their, their daily issues every day, they phone me up at weekends, you know, it doesn't bother me, you know, it's something because I can give something back. Mm-hmm. And the fact is that they're suffering the same as I am, you know, I've been where they've been, you know, yeah. and, and I know, you know, it's difficult sometimes to get up in the morning, sometimes it's difficult to, you know, just trying to focus on what you want to do. This job puts focus on my life. So I want to transfer my focus onto these guys as well. And as you can see, you've been around the workshops, these guys are happy, they're laughing, they're joking, they're learning stuff. Yeah. You know, they, they have got a future. You know, the military have now got rid of them or getting rid of them. They're now moving on and they can actually then say, look, you know, this is what I want to do. We've given the opportunity to do that training. We then help them on the next stage, i.e. we get them in the interviews. We can't guarantee him a job, it's, it's still down to them. Yeah. But the fact is we've given them all the skills to do it, the skill sets to do it. They've filled all the criteria that the employer wants. 
all it is is up to them. Yeah. At the end of the day, by building their confidence, allowing other people to get involved as well, it is good for them as well. If they're happy at home, they're happy at work. And if they're happy at home, happy at work, they're happy themselves. And that's what we're looking for. Mission Motorsport provide a recovery programme via motorsport on behalf of the MOD. However, they are not financed by the government. They work with other charities such as Help for Heroes and the Royal British Legion who pay for the work that Mission Motorsport perform for them. This helps but does not cover all their costs. They still need to raise money from the private sector, which is where Ben Williams steps in. I asked him what it is he has to do. The demand on what we do rose exponentially through those first few years. So there was, we were clearly struggling with, uh, with assets of time or money or manpower to deliver what we wanted to to our beneficiary population. So it was clear we were going to have to have to add to that. We are pretty small and light on our feet. But even you know that said, you need a core team of people. There is an inherent cost to the simple things, keeping the lights on, mm-hmm. being here to you know answer the phones on Monday morning, through to developing the larger events and paying for those. Race of Remembrance being a classic example, which is by far our largest event and is by far the largest burden in terms of cost for the charity. That in itself is such a is such a great um, advertisement. It's totally the wrong word, but it, but but is such a great piece of output that that accurately relays what we do, why we do it, who we do it for, who it benefits. You have a number of trustees that are involved with the charity. Are you the main link with the charity? Are you? Is that part of your role? Is to um, speak to the trustees on a regular basis, uh, keep them updated, that sort of thing. Uh, I have to. Yeah, part of my job is to report to the trustees on fundraising activities, which is always the, the highlight <laughs> of my quarter. Um, and is that any... via the medium of PowerPoint <laughs> presentation? Yes, smoke signals. I <laughs> but they're incredibly supportive of what we do accurately relaying to people who have never come across Mission Motorsport before what we do and how we do it is actually incredibly difficult because Mm -hmm. the automatic assumption is that we are a a vehicle set up to take wounded squaddies racing. We do do that. Uh, we do it for you know. If you, we do it less than less than twenty days a year. The rest of it is a is a vocational piece. It's an educational piece. It's a broader recovery and welfare uh, of our beneficiaries and allowing them to get back to operating in the real world. So, what are the sort of things you have to do typically as as the man who has <laughs> to go find the cash? My day to day job is the other column, which is raising money from the private sector. That can be at the lower level from individuals and from traditional fundraising activities through to uh, corporate and and long-standing support from uh, companies, from family trusts, foundations, grant making, uh, vehicles of various kinds. So uh, engaging with them, explaining uh, what we do, why we do it, who we do it for, uh, and that we're not fly-by-night. Being able to do this with half a decade of track record is, is actually a real treat. You are now able to go to a person or a business and say, uh, this is what we'd like you to fund us doing, here's why. And here is a demonstrable half decade track record of us doing it. Mm. I'm not trying to convince you that we can do this and that you should finance it. We're already doing it. We do our job 
very well and we will continue to do so. My job as fundraiser is to is to attract funding in whatever means necessary. <laughs> uh, personally to you, what does Mission Motorsport mean? On a purely personal level and also uh, a practical level, when you work for Mission Motorsport and indeed when I volunteered for Mission Motorsport before that, you, you would see a charity in action. You, you, you would see the entire cycle. You come to a Mission Motorsport Invitational or an anniversary or the Race of Remembrance, you will see beneficiaries attending for the very first time. And some of them will be incredibly uncomfortable and nervous about being there. It might be the first time they've been off the sofa in months or years. At the other end, you've got what we would refer to as Mission Motorsport alumni beneficiaries, those who have sort of been through the sausage machine, have found their way and are now pursuing it and they kind of leave us behind, you know, birds flying the nest and, and that's enormously satisfying. As a volunteer and as a staff member, you get to see it all you know, up close and personal. We're a small, dynamic charity in the sense that we can make decisions very quickly. Um, from a financial perspective, it means that we can notice that something or someone needs help whether that's financial or, or welfare or mental health help and we can just switch tracks and do it to witness the whole cycle is, is enormously satisfying as fundraiser i go out there and kill myself to attract the funding you get the funding and when you win it's a great feeling and a, a, you know, a bit of fist pumping and then on monday morning or whenever that money lands you see it being churned and being spent helping people who are your mates, who are people that you spend time with, and seeing new people come in and being able to provide that is, is massively fulfilling. And it's a, it's a sort of self, uh, a self-powered um, machine. And, and when you're feeling a bit down or if you're a bit just demotivated, all you need to do is cabby around here a bit or bump into someone who's doing something, whether it's, you know, they're coming to the conclusion of their MVQ programme, or there's someone in for a seat fitting because they're going to go and do the first race. Or there's somebody who's just dropping in because they were passing by, driving between point A and point B in their company car, which costs more than my house. Uh, and X months ago, they were homeless or they were destitute or they were without any kind of motivation or, or, or no likelihood of success on their future. It just keeps journeying. Uh, 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 there is, it's an incredibly motivational place to work. We are a charity that's about people, we're not about stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, the poppy car, the, the, the amazing support that we get from industry is worth all of it. You know, it's, it, it's an extraordinary privilege to have access to. However, the blokes that you take racing or the blokes that you engage with are as excited to be jumping into a Citroen C1 as they are into a 600 horsepower F-Time. The competition element to it, it's, it's all about the individual. Mm -hmm. It's not about cars, it's not about racing, it's about people. If people want to help support Mission Motorsport, what would be the best way for them to get in touch to do that? Uh, well, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, my email address is bw at missionmotorsport.org. We have on the Mission Motorsport site a, a click to support button, which is, uh, which is run by BT MyDonate. And for those that don't know, BT MyDonate is BT's CSR, Corporate Social and Responsibility Programme. It doesn't cost us anything. 
they provide it for free as their CSR program. So if you donate to Mission Motorsport or to any charity using BT My Donate, we're great proponents of it. That money in its entirety goes to the charity. Nobody's creaming anything off. During my time at Mission Motorsport, I came to fully understand how everything they do is about the people. It's all about the beneficiaries. Everyone who is connected with the charity is immensely proud in what they achieve. They are all working together to make the lives of those who need the help that Mission Motorsport can give better. If you would like to know more about what they do, please check out the links in the show notes, including their site and direct donation. You can also help Mission Motorsport financially by using the smile.amazon service, which links a charity of your choice to your Amazon account. Every time you spend money on Amazon, a small amount is donated without costing you a penny. Thank you for listening, and I'll leave you with Simon, who will remind us all why they do what they do. One of the guys I've mentioned them, don't want to embarrass him on there, <laughs> but uh, he, um, he brought his son to the, to the garage, just speaking to his son and just saying, you know, how's it all going? And, um, you know, family members have a going through their own troubles as well. And uh, he, said, uh, he said, I want to say thank you for, for bringing my dad back.